Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to set it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James has the when you stepped in the batter's box. Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not play as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to bit man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on? What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. Of course, I'm one half of the pod, Jelani Brown. I'm a co-host to deal with me today. Daddy as well. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, first episode of the new year. Glad to get to it. Uh, hopefully, we have a great episode and last NFL Sunday of the week. So, you know, we got a lot to talk about. Exactly. Exactly. You said, uh, you know, we always do. We always hit into college first. Of course, national championship will be tomorrow. You know, another rematch, Alabama versus Georgia. So we'll definitely hit on that. Um, and, you know, we do our something or nothing topics. We got pretty some pretty hefty topics today, um, you know, surrounding A.B., um, a few in the NBA, Kyrie and Russ, and then also, um, you know, hits home for me, Calvin Ridley. And then, of course, we'll uh, talk week 18 in the NFL, you know, go over just power rankings, see what teams need to do what in order to get to the playoffs, you know, uh, last week of the pick them, so uh, we'll, we'll see how we fare next week. But first little segment, we'll talk about college football, national championships tomorrow, of course, against you know another SEC battle, Georgia versus Alabama. Um, so yeah, so we talked a little bit. You no, know, last week I probably I'll talk about it, I guess when Georgia comes up, but I, I definitely owe Stetson Bennett an apology. Um, he, he's been showing a lot, a lot more than what I think both of you and I expect him to do. Um, and played very, very well last week in order to get his uh, squad into the championship. But um, just the preview, I guess, Georgia versus Allen, what's your first initial thoughts about this matchup? Uh, I know the quarterbacks will be focused on heavy, but on um, the defense, defensive side of the ball will as well. So what do you think about this one, Ted? I think it's going to be a heavyweight between the, you know, the two best teams all year, in my opinion. You know, Georgia's been the clear-cut number one until their one slip-up versus Bama. So just looking at two heavyweights going at it, uh, a rematch, you know, this is their fourth time playing in a meaningful, you know, game, SEC championship or college football uh, championship. So just looking forward to the matchup between the two heavyweights and, uh, of course, the quarterbacks. Uh, what adjustments are the team going to make from the first matchup to the second one? And uh, who's going to make the, you know, fewest mistakes? I know we'll get into a little bit more, but that's what I'm just looking forward to going into the game. Of course, of course. And then, um, like I said, yeah, Bryce Young, obviously, Heisman Trophy winner. Stetson Bennett, 
like I said, definitely, you know, shout out to him, you know, walk on, um, earned his spot, obviously through unfortunate injuries through, uh, you know, a few players, um, JT Daniels, of course, who you think, and I've thought, you know, eventually would get, come back and get the starting job and would give the, you know, Bulldogs the best chance to possibly win the national championship. But since he's proved his worth, he's proved why they got him in the position that they have him in, and he's like said, been balling out with the opportunity that he's gotten. Um, but like I said, focus on the defensive side of the balls. I also kind of want to ask you about some of the prospects too that we think you know may go in, you know, into the draft or whatever the case may be. But, but um, on the defensive side of the ball, I guess what do you feel like Georgia needs to do in order to stop um, Alabama's uh, offense? The first time around, they you know they, they looked a little like I said that's probably they're probably the best offense they face all year. But they did look a little bit rattled. They, I think had zero sacks on Bryce Young and didn't get the pressure much either so what's the uh, keys this time around to try to uh, stop Bryce Young in that offense you know for one the first thing in my opinion is just to contain Bryce Young like you said uh, they didn't sack him last game but he's one of those guys his pocket presence is way beyond his years he he's, has a great feel for the pocket he's very slippery like he's a quick you know guy so it's not easy to get him down but in my opinion you know Georgia played great defense all year but versus Bama they struggled to keep everything in front of them you know they got beat on a couple bombs uh, they Busted a couple coverages in bad moments, especially like the uh, long TD pass to Jamison Williams. In my opinion, you, you just gotta uh, you gotta keep everything in front of you. Get off the field on third down, you know, as we all know, and don't for. I, I think you gotta, you know, just do everything you can to make uh, their number two and number three receivers beat you. Take Jamison Williams out the picture. I know they had a second half without Mechie when they played in the SC Championship, but go look at the tape, make the adjustments and do whatever you have to do to completely take him out the game. I know that, you know, Bama ran all over Cincy, but this is not Cincy. Georgia's run D is, mm-hmm. is unreal, as we saw versus Michigan. So, you know, you stack the box, so you double-team Williams to do everything you uh, have to do to make uh, Robinson and Bryce Young beat you on, on the defensive end, obviously. Um, yeah. I, and I just think, you know, for Georgia, what they need to do as well uh, this time, they were, you know, the first half wasn't bad, but in the second half when they got down, they completely abandoned the run game and put, you know, mm-hmm. the, get the pressure all on uh, Stetson Bennett to beat him through the air. And that's not something he's going to to do. I'm not saying he's not capable of it, but that's not a strong suit. Georgia didn't win. They didn't get here by, you know, leaning on Stetson, throwing the ball 40 times a game and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, st- stick true to your game plan. Don't – when. It, when it gets tough and, you know, you get down and everybody's looking to, you know, scramble to find a solution to get back in the game, just stick to your game plan and stick to what's got you here and what you've done all year, in my opinion. Yeah, same here. Like you said, he, he, he did have three touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions. They were, you know, pretty costly One pick six, as well. Yep, that's all I was going to say. One of them was a pick six. Uh, um, like you said, I guess with them, like you said, it's kind of keeping their head. Like, you can't get it all back at one play, you know, all that you know, growing up, you know, coaches when we've been down um, in certain games, but you know, just can't get it all back in one play. It can't be one big shot, and like you said. Um, he's able to you know to extend plays and make plays, and he's you know shown a good uh, arm presence um, and made some really tough throws, especially last week against Michigan. But like you said, their their run game is what they pride themselves on, and that's what has been their bread and butter all year. So you definitely can't abandon it in the second half. Um, what's going on, Kenneth? Always dropping a, a, a you know. Always dropping some gems with the betting. Um, like I said, he, he's definitely our betting guru on the network and has helped a lot of guys get a lot of money. Um, I'm definitely going to lock in with some of the picks that's uh, on his uh, OTBN uh, substat uh, read of the day. So everybody go to Off the Ball Network 
or go to uh, you know, off the ball dot Substack and uh, definitely read that if you want to reach the money. But shout out to Kenneth George's uh, a W locked in on the money. Um, so if you want, like I said, go ahead lock that in right now. Of course, tomorrow for um, you know, everything shifts. But I think we should talk about um, you know I guess predictions. And I don't think either one or you or I have said who we think is going to win this one. Um, you know, obviously. For me, I'm an SEC guy. My team's an SEC, so I really could care less. I don't want either one of them to win. But I think I have more of a vengeance um, against Georgia than Alabama. Um, even though Alabama has been you know, in our way for, for a lot of years, Georgia is just one of those teams I just can't get behind. You know how, you know, both of us are from here. You know, Georgia fans, Athens fans are just crazy and delusional at times. So I think, uh, I think I would want Alabama to win, but I wouldn't mind seeing the Georgia team win um, just because. I guess the good, the feel good feeling of Georgia, you know, we won the uh, MLB, we won the, uh, you know, World Series, you know, might as well bring us home another title uh, you know, with the Georgia team. But who do you think is going to win this one? Uh, what's your score prediction? Before I give my score, I do want to say when you're talking about Stetson Bennett, you know, kudos to him for last week. I said that if he started the whole game, Georgia would lose. And he did everything he had to do. Not like he was spectacular, but he made the timely throws he needed mm-hmm. to make, including some big-time throws, you know, on third downs and the one to James Cook. So he uh, he proved me wrong in a way. Uh, I still don't know if he, you know, I don't completely trust him. But I'm going with Georgia this time. Uh, the fourth time is the charm. I guess I can say that, not the third time, but the fourth <laughs> time is the charm. Uh, if they don't do it now, it is – I don't think – I don't think they'll ever beat them. You know, they've had ample opportunities. The first matchup, they had it in the bag, and Tua just, you know, killed their their dreams. But I think that Georgia playing them in the SEC championship and then being able to play them about a month and a half later, uh, they have a great staff, a great a great defensive staff, and I think they'll be able to make the necessary adjustments to, you know, come up with a game plan to figure it out. Uh, I think on, um, on both sides of the ball, they'll just, you know, make adjustments and come up with some type of game plan in the areas that they lack uh, in the previous matchup. And I just have a feeling that it's going to happen. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if Bama wins again. Obviously, nobody really would. But I just think this is the time that Georgia gets them. Uh, yeah. With Mechie being now, they have a full, you know, full game without him. And Georgia has the defensive personnel to, you know, take away Jamison Williams. Not one person, but a couple people. And they're front, you know, with N'Kobe Dean, uh, Jordan Davis, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think they'll get after Bryce Young. It won't. You know, it's not even all about sacking him. It's just about getting him out of his groove, you know, hitting him a couple of times, mm-hmm. getting him out the pocket early, making him have happy feet and leave the pocket early. Just a, a bunch of things that will add up to a Georgia victory, I think. And I think they'll play inspired football because even though, you know, Bama was the best offense they saw all uh, all year, I think they took that personally. You know, they put up the amount of points they put up on them and the way they did it at will, like how easy it was. I think Georgia would take that personal. And I think their defense will come out to play inspired. And on the offense side of the ball, you know, I'd love to see JT Daniels get in. But if Stetson Bennett's the guy the entire game, he's just going to have to make some a couple big throws. That's all game managers have to do. You know, mm-hmm. don't turn over the ball, manage the clock get into the right checks, uh, maybe whether it's the runner pass and just make a couple big time throws, you know, to keep a drive moving on the third and long or just to make a couple plays. Don't do it. Don't do nothing crazy trying to, you know, get outside yeah. of the offense. To make it doesn't take play. a lot of risk sometimes. Yeah. Like when it's yeah. unnecessary. Like there was a few times, you know, last week when they played Michigan, you know, we tried to push the ball downfield. And, you know, if it would have been an interception, who knows how the momentum would have uh, shifted into Michigan favor but you know luckily some of them were dropped or you know out of, out of reach for the uh, michigan defenders but yeah like 
like you saying, he just he, he definitely just has to you know know when to take his shots and when not to. Um, like you said, yeah, just do your job. That's that's really it. Yeah. And if he does, I think Georgia will. You know, I'd say I want to say it's going to be a really low scoring game, but I don't. I don't know. It might be a low score in first half, and then second half they take off. But I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go 27-24 Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I I would hate. I don't want to see Georgia win, but at the same time, you know, might as well. I I, I think like I said if, if they don't do it now, it's really hard to see when they'll ever be able to do it. Um, because I think this year they've matched up as if not matched up, like have the per like have better personnel than Alabama at this point. Um, I think this is the best Georgia football. Team I've seen, you know, given you know, in the last few years, even given that them being in the national championship in the last few years, but um, yeah, they got to do it this year. If not, it's it's you know, sayonara, I guess, for any type of chances of winning the national championship, uh, especially against Bama. But I'm gonna go. I think it's gonna be a little bit high scoring as well. I don't know. I think both teams just you know come out firing, and you know it's gonna be a you know, a lot of nerves maybe on the defense, but also you know on the offensive side. But I think they're just gonna come out firing. And it's gonna be a good one. And even you know, SEC championship game is what 41 to 24. So I I think it can be a high scoring game. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 34-31 Georgia, you know, pull out by a field goal, like you said, and a, a three-point win. But I think you know it could it could get in the 30s you know, pretty quickly. But hopefully they get it done. If not, you know, I don't think either one of us care too too much. We're both looking for, we gotta look forward to you know next season to see if our teams can do anything to possibly be one of these two teams last game. I mean, and you know, one other thing I do want to add, you know, uh, the Braves got over the hump and won a championship this year. So maybe this is, even though it's 2022, but the season started in 2021, I think that, you know, maybe this is just George's time. And I like to see them win. I'll definitely, I'll definitely take a trip down to Athens if they win. So, you know, know how Athens gets. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully they can, you know, get right. Cause they've had yeah. that the way they lost the first time. That would if I was a Georgia fan, that would still you know get at me. So hopefully they're they're able to get over the hump. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe this be the year of redemption for you know the state of Georgia as a whole. So maybe they do get over the hump. And like you said, I mean World Series celebration was pretty fun. So you know Athens probably gonna be like a hundred times more than that. It's gonna be you know, crazy. So yeah, I definitely would take a trip down there as well. But you know hopefully they get it done. They gotta get it done tomorrow first. But Moving on, we're going to um, talk about our something or nothing topics for the day. So, good bit of them. Of course, we starting off, you know, heavy and strong with the, with the, the man that's been in the news all week. AB, of course, Sunday, um, you know, took off his equipment, threw a shirt in the crowd, you know, made it a third quarter um, and, you know, took off. And then it was later seen, I guess, in, what, in New York in a cab. So, you know, or obviously he was in New York because, you know, the game was in New York. But, um, you know, in New York in the cabin, I guess headed to the city. But you know, AB's been in the news all week. I think he's been on a few podcasts as well, you know, talking about his friendship with Tom Brady. Um, you know, saying he needs him, he's only friends with him because of football, you know, saying that it, it shouldn't he shouldn't even be in the position he was in, you know, trying to fight for, you know, I guess not guarantee money, but you know, bonus money that he had to to get um, you know, by surpassing certain stats. But you know, a lot of people, you know, have been coming at him with some anger. Some people have been on his side because they feel like Bruce Arians was lying about the situation because, of course, you know, he was saying he was hurt. They tried to force him to play, and he didn't want that. Um, and then others, of course, you know, have been talking about his mental health, whether it's good or in a bad way. But, you know, all in all, something or nothing, what do you think about this A-B situation? Today? It's definitely something. Uh, the signs are there that he needs a little help outside the field. 
I think overall it's just a, a bad, a big situation and a bad situation. Uh, I don't think he'll, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think he'll get another shot in the NFL because of this. And it was just a big blow up, you know, like him, what he did on the field is unacceptable. It's not the way to go about it. Even if they threw you out there, tried to throw you out there when you were hurt or they're playing with your money, I understand the playing with your money part, but it's mm-hmm. just a better way to go about it. And him going on podcasts after and kind of bashing Tom 12, I mean, TB 12 in a way, when he, he let you in his house, he gave you opportunity. He's the only reason why you had another shot. Uh, or you, maybe you would have had to sit out a, a couple of years or whatever, but to go after the person that gave you an opportunity, just kind of spit in his face, just kind of shows who the person he is, um, you know. And I, the comment he made about real quick uh, when he was like, you know, he's only his friend because of his ability. In all honesty, I hate to say it, it's not like this for all NFL players, but most people are only mm-hmm. AB's friend because of what he can do because he's just, in my opinion, not a good person. Uh, he's shown it time and time again. Yes. But just overall, the situ- situation is bad. Uh, hopefully, we see him again, but I don't think we do. And it was just a, you know, him going on podcasts and just talking made it worse for him because he just just saying whatever. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely something. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, but it's definitely something. I, I think. I mean, well, he released what you know messages um, between him and uh, Bruce yeah. Jones and everything. Um, and I'm I, I seen. Uh, I don't know if it was. Uh, I think it was a notification. Basically, you know. You know, odds of which teams would pick up AB before the playoffs start. Like you said, I don't even know if he gets another shot in the NFL at all. Um, but like you say, going around on podcasts and, and speaking down on TV 12, you know, that's the golden boy of the NFL. You already, you know, pretty much you, you signed your death certificate with that. I, if you maybe, if you would have just maybe like, you know, released those messages and it wasn't down low and didn't say nothing, um, obviously you already made a big, you know, ordeal about it um, during the game. Like that's already some something itself. Like you can't just leave mid game, take your shirt off, and, and make a scene. And you know, just that be posted on national te- television the entire week, and then think you' about to have a chance. But you know, maybe with a little bit of that backstory, you know, with him being injured and because like Bruce Arians didn't talk about that part, I guess, in the, in the uh, press conference. But maybe if you to release those messages or you know, just say his side about him being injured and they want to force him to play. Maybe he had the slimmest of shots, maybe like a 0.111% chance of getting signed. But yeah, after, you know, seeing court side, you know, I think it's on first or the net, at the next game. Yeah. Obviously going around with, you know, podcasts talking about TV 12, you are, you, you just, you ain't do yourself no favors, my boy. And it's going to suck because um, everybody said, you know, his trajectory, he was really Hall of Fame bound. Murphy took his head off and he ain't been right since. So it's definitely a sad situation to see. And everybody thought, you know, when he did get, I guess, you know, TB12 did take him in, um, you know, gave him a place to stay for a little bit, got him on the bucks and got him right. Even last year, you know, it seemed like everything was back under control. Like things were, you know, were, were cool. He was going to be, you know, I guess continue his legacy in a sense. But, you know, things just hit quick, like hit fast. Like, you know, this year he's had so many problems, you know, with, with the fake vaccine stuff, you know, they sat up, you know, obviously was away from the team and brought him back and had so many injuries. Bring him back. Was he back like two weeks? Yeah. His first game back was Carolina and he had 15 targets. It's just a way for him to go about the stuff. And then for after, you know, after everything that happened, um, him to act like kind of, he's treating it like he's, I mean, I guess he's a celebrity in a way, but like he's treating it like, Look at me, you know, hopping on podcasts, mm-hmm. being courtside at the Nets game. Like, I'd be embarrassed if that was me. And, you know, he already did the thing with the vaccinate, fake vaccination card. So 
It's not not good for AB. At all. Like, you know, it's, it, like I said, it's just a sad situation to see. Hopefully, everybody was saying, hopefully, I don't know, he gets some help some way, somehow. But I think this might be the end of AB. We've seen him in the NFL. I just, I just don't see another like this, like the picture that I got up, like that's the main reason. Like, you know, obviously the podcast and everything else that he's done this year and after this incident is bad enough. But it's like this was almost like I don't know. I can compare it to you know how like sometimes like like high high speed chasing and like they got helicopters like that's just looking in on cars and following and stuff. That's like that's how I felt when I watched the game. Like I felt like the game was still going on, but they was they had the camera on AV doing Bro, what he was doing. Like. It was wild. There was a picture. There was a picture on Twitter when he was doing the jumping jacks in the end zone. Uh, the bus were walking to the huddle. Like it was, it was bad. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny to me, but it, it's not good at all. Yeah, I'm like, it's like he just. That's the main reason. I'm just thinking like it's over with for him. But you know, I don't know. Sometimes you, you know, NFL surprises you. Some teams may get desperate that you know sees that their windows right there. They just need some guy to get them over the hunt possibly. And obviously, maybe injuries and. It may sign him. I don't know. But if you did have eyes before we move on to the next thing, if you did have eyes on somebody signing, who do you think would? I can't. All right. I can answer it, but I can't answer in, uh, your exact question. I don't know. I have no idea who would pick him up, but I was just going to say that I could see a team picking him up only for a playoff run, like keeping him in the locker room for three or four weeks. That's it. And then cut him after the, you know, yeah. give him. Give him a hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand to play potentially one to four games, something like that. But other than that, I don't know. I can't even think of a team that will put up with that because what, like, if if he can't if he can't survive with Brady and Bruce Arians, who's one of the most coach friendly, you know, player friendly coaches they have out there, who are you gonna? If you go to Seattle, he's gonna run over Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's like he's a coach's uh, a player's coach, but he's kind of a nice guy. So maybe we'll push him over Andy Reid. I understand, but. If he's complaining about targets in Tampa Bay, you're not getting the ball over Kelsey and Tariq. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. And if he goes to Seattle, a, I don't know why. if he if he goes to Seattle and he's complaining about get target, uh, not getting targets, he might get beat up by DK. So you know, you, yeah. you don't know. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, it could probably get us a little bit there. I was gonna say the only thing I can think of <laughs> for some reason would be KC, um, just because you know we've seen kind of like that situation with him before, and he. Even this year, they signed Josh Gordon. Um, obviously, his situation is a little bit different than AB's, um, but it's still, in a way, his his type of situation that he's dealt with in his entire career. So that was the only team I could think of. And like you said, he's not getting targets over those two anyway. So, you know, it's like I said, Sayonara, AB. It just seems like this is the end of the road, unfortunately. But moving on next, we're going to hit on another wide receiver. You know, news for different reasons. Obviously, more low-key news. But uh, – News, uh, nonetheless, Calvin Ridley, you know, I think he only suited up for his four or five games this year. Um, but, you know, earlier in the year, um, cited that he was stepping away from football um, to focus on his mental health issues. I didn't know he had a few deaths in, or, or deaths in the family um, and you know, just felt like it wasn't right time to be, you know, playing football. But, you know, we heard news, I think yesterday, maybe two days ago, that uh, he, he wants out of Atlanta. Um, it may be a mutual thing that we see on the horizon. Um, which is unfortunate for me and the Atlanta fan base, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but something or nothing, Calvin really wanted out. What do you think? Definitely something. You know, going into the season, I had high hopes for him. I actually put him on my all pro list. I think he was second team, but 
you know, the combination of him and Kyle Pitts could have been deadly and, you know, it ended in a bad way. Uh, played a couple of games, didn't even have the same production, but for him to, you know, step away, everybody think, you know, okay, you're going to get your mind right, you come back next year or towards the end of the season for a playoff push. But then where it comes out that he wants out, uh, it's just not a good look. You just lost Julio, even though he was not the same Julio. You got the most of, you know, you got everything you could have got out of Julio in Atlanta, so that's mm-hmm. fine, but. The potential he has, and for y'all, for him to one out, you know, it, it's just not good. You know, the Falcons had an okay season for where some people thought they were headed, and you know, they were looking to build on that this upcoming year. But and for one of your top three players on your team to be wanting to, you know, leave and have a fresh start, it's just not a good feeling as a fan. Like uh, the Jalen Ramsey situation was different, but like I just like it felt bad when. Um, one of your best, mm-hmm. better players doesn't want to be a part of your organization anymore. So it's definitely something. And hopefully, I mean, y'all get, y'all will get something back for him. But, you know, I'm all for having a player over draft picks because you never know what you're going to get out of draft picks. Like, y'all probably get a first out of somebody for sure. But, you know, will they be Calvin Ridley? Will they be the player he is? So it's definitely something. And mm-hmm. Atlanta's losing out. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Like, you know, in the beginning of the season, all had, after we drafted Kyle Pitts, probably for a week or two, had high. I mean, before that, we had heard rumblings that we may trade Julio, but it, it seemed like it would be maybe a little bit unlikely um, for a little bit of time after the draft. But, you know, came in, it's like, oh, we got Calvin, we got Julio, we got Kyle Pitts. It's about the, it's often about to be crazy. Probably one of the at least top five, you know, passing offices in the league this year. Um, and then it went from obviously Julio getting traded. And then first, you know, few games of the season. And it's crazy. Like, I can see it. I can see it. Like, in the few games that Calvin really did play, like, the frustration. A lot of people are saying is he don't really want to play with Matt, you know, obviously because, you know, Julio was saying he wanted a quarterback with a little bit of a stronger arm. Some people would think he doesn't want to play with Matt. And I can see, like, the frustration in him, like, first few games. Like, I think, you know, obviously, you know, new new play caller, new head coach, new, you know, probably schemes and, and cadences and, and um, you know, just wording of you know of the of the plays like everybody seemed kind of frustrating like i would always see him just like kind of throwing his hands up as if he doesn't hear what matt is saying or he doesn't know what the play was and then you know sometimes he wasn't giving full out effort on the routes i think a few times matt tried to throw it to him and just he could have tried to avoid the interception or you know could have made a better effort to try to catch the ball and he just wasn't doing it you can kind of just see like his body language was terrible at the beginning of this year and just you know, it, he just wasn't the same. And you know, so obviously when he said that he was cited for mental health issues and, you know, sitting out because obviously he had death in the family, like it all made, made sense, which obviously I'm not saying that's not the case, what it is. I'm pretty sure that has a big part of it all. But I think a lot of people are saying, like, it could be he don't really want to play Matt. He doesn't really want to go through you know, this type of rebuild. Um, you know, that too, that's, that's, that's yeah. something about right. Yeah. I mean, because he is on, he's boy, Ben Lee, this was his third year, fourth year. Third or this was his third or fourth year. Either way, he's on the higher end. Like he's an older, he was an older, you know, draft pick. I think he was like twenty yeah, or something. Nope. Like and nope. he's twenty seven now, so he, he probably sees like obviously sees the landscape of football as a whole too. Like you know, you know people some some certain people's careers aren't lasting as long. Um, you know, he's a little bit older. He doesn't want to go through a rebuild. He probably sees this as his prime years. So it's probably definitely that's a mixture of everything as well. I think so. You know, I think overall it is something. Um, because like I said, I feel like some people even was attacking him saying, like, you know, all that mental health stuff was fake, but I, I wouldn't say that. I think it's just a yeah, combination of mixture of things. Um, and like I said, we, we should get some for him. I think we 
some people are saying we should get a first. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's probably gonna be maybe like a second or third, um, maybe a lower tier player in return. But I feel like you can get a good amount of return because he's only. I mean, he's in his final year of his contract next year. It's eleven million, which isn't too too bad these days for you know receiver numbers. But you know, sitting out this year and kind of not knowing what you may get could like hurt those trade talks. But I don't know. Right. I can agree with that. Oh, Not only thing yeah. I do disagree with you on is I think y'all will get it first. I know he's 27, but if you pair him up with another receiver, I don't, I'm not even going to say he can't be a number one completely. Because mm-hmm. uh, with him and Kyle Pitts would have been deadly. But if he gets paired up with another mediocre receiver, I'm not even going to say mediocre. I can't. Who can I think of off the top of my head? Like a, I don't know, like a Jalen Waddle. If he came to Jacksonville and was on the other side of mm-hmm. DJ Chark, like you would see him blossom. So. Um, I think he's worth a first for sure. Yeah, I would hope so. I would just like you said. I, I would obviously I need, we would want a first, need a first. I think there was an article. I think Philly has a good amount of draft picks this year. I forgot how many, ten to fifteen. Something yeah, like, I don't remember. But I know they had multiple first round picks, and someone was just like, you know, they should be trading for Calvin Ridley. I mean, they did make the, they're, they're in the playoffs this year. You know, they have, you know, obviously they got Devonte Smith and put in, you know, put Calvin Ridley on the other side of him. You know, got other decent and receivers, Jalen Rager, and a few others. But I can see that, you know, being a possibility, especially if they got, you know, extra first rounds that they could possibly give up. And like you said, I'm with that too. Like, I would want players over draft pick because you just never know what you're getting out of the draft picks. Like, um, in the NFL, I think draft picks and first round picks are a little bit more overrated than, obviously, you know, other sports, especially basketball, being that there's only two rounds anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I would definitely want player over picks. And, you know, if there's teams that have – Extra first rounders like a Philly, I can you know see them making that move, making that jump, um, and hopefully, like I said, we hit on the pick. You know, we, we never know, you know, who's going to be available, but I do think we do get a, a few wide receivers this draft, um, this upcoming draft, and I don't know if we spend a first, our first on it because we still need so much help, especially in the pass rush. We've been needing that for so many years, but you know, there's a lot of talented wide receivers that could possibly go in that in the first, second round. So hopefully, we spend a few, you know on those first two rounds in order to bring one in to, you know, kind of replace him. Because outside, Russell Gage is our number one. He's been our number one the entire year. And Russell Gage was the number three wide receiver last year. So it's like we need help in that department for sure. <laughs> but moving on, we're going to have a little bit of NBA talk. Um, you know, it was, I think, news dropped a few days ago um, that, you know, Russell could possibly be on the trading block. I think they said they actually tried to trade him, like, some weeks ago, like a while ago. Like a month, month and a half into the season, um, but I, I, you know, that that never happened. He's still a member of the LA Lakers, and uh, you know they are playing a little bit better as of late, though. I think they're on a four or five game winning streak. But you know, a lot of people have been saying like this was the wrong third star to pair with AD and LeBron. Like you know, they should have went after DeRozan. Like that was really who they was trying to get. Um, but obviously, he went to the Chicago Bulls, and you know they settled on the trade and, and, and took Westbrook. But Russell on the trade and Brock. Something or nothing, and do you think he gets traded? I think it's nothing. I I don't think he gets traded. He should get traded. The Lakers want to trade him, but they can't. You know that contract is awful, and I just don't mm-hmm. see any any team taking on that contract, uh, especially yeah. at this age. He's he's shown for his whole career he's not going to change his play style. So I don't know why any team would want to inherit that, uh, especially a team with young talent that's trying to you know build around a star or something like that. So 
Uh, it's nothing. He's not going to get traded. Nobody's taking that contract. So, yeah, it's nothing. But, he, you know, obviously we know that it's not a fit, but the Lakers are stuck mm-hmm. with it. So, there's nothing. Yeah. Definitely. I, I was going to say nothing as well because I don't even see what type of trade they can send out. Uh, people have been saying they trade AD too. They've been saying like package the two. I don't even know. I, I, I don't. That's definitely not something I think that is going to happen. It's far fetched, but a lot of people have been like, you know, on on that train for you know, kind of ship out both of them because you know, AD's always hurt and been playing kind of soft as of late, or really since they won the championship. Um, and like I said, Russell, it's just a it's just a weird fit, and it's like you're looking and thinking about it, like it's, it seems like it's just a weird fit on any team he's going to be because, like you said, it's the, the way he plays, like you know. The beginning of this year, even to the into the mid part, where you know where he's at OKC by himself, like it worked because you know dominant ball handler, you know did most of the scoring. Um, the the turnovers weren't as much of a problem, but now it's just like, and I think he said a few weeks ago, he just said, "I can turn over the ball, I can do like this." And I'm like, he's not gonna change like, the way he plays. Yeah, that's 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 stubborn as hell. But it's like obviously that's hurting the team. Um, you know in key moments in, in, in the game, like you can't just be like, I can turn the ball over, have nine, 10 turnovers a game. Like that's wild. But like you say, he's not changing his play style. And it just seems like he's a weird fit on most of all teams in the NBA this year. I really don't know who could use the services. And like I said, albeit his contract, that's that's the main thing. Like even if he was on like a team friendly type contract, I don't even, I don't even see who would really want to trade for him. Especially like I said, with that, that type of you know, attitude, you know, you know, Russ, you know, is, is, is a good player. He's still one sort of kind of one of the top players in the NBA, but, you know, you know it, it would just be too hard to, to move off of him. Um, like I said, they kind of stuck with him, so they kind of have to, you know. LeBron's been playing like LeBron, like, like honestly, almost like younger LeBron, like, you know, Cat, like second stint Cavs LeBron at the moment. Like, you know, I forgot how many games in a row he scored 30. I think all four of these, you know, wins that they've had and even some of the losses, but – you know, they're just going to have to make shift and, you know, kind of find his spots, maybe take the ball out of his hands even more. I know they said when they get Kendrick Nunn back, obviously LeBron can handle the ball a little bit as well. Um, and Leek Munts is, is starting to get into the action. So I think they should just say take the ball out of his hands a little bit more. That will be the, 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 you know, the best possible case scenario because he obviously has less time to turn the ball over. It's just hard. Opportunity to turn the ball. It's just hard because Russ – always has the ball in his hands. It's not like he's a shooter. Like, he'll cut and stuff. He'll move without the ball a little bit. But he's not a mm-hmm. shooter. Like, he needs the ball in his hands to facilitate. That's the uh, – I don't know. It's just – it's a tough situation. But, you know, they're on a, what, five-game winning streak right now. So, yeah, you know, like maybe – I mean, we know LeBron's teams, except for the Heat, they were just dominant from the get-go. But, like, the, when he went back to Cleveland, they'll struggle until around the All-Star break, and then they'll pick it up. So, it's nothing new for Bron's team to struggles, and hopefully they just develop chemistry as they get everybody back, uh, and you know they're ready to go when it's April. Yeah, we do know some trade is gonna come though. You know, LeBron's not. Yeah, you know, you know, Bron's gonna trip somebody up out of there. Yeah, somebody, somebody's getting gone. I don't know if it's gonna be Russ, but you know, some somebody's out. There's gonna be a few bodies that's out of there actually, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see when that time comes, and you know, the weeks are quickly approaching for sure, uh, but. Next, we had a guy, of course, you know, he stuck his, he stood his ground. You know, he said he wasn't getting that shot. He didn't get that shot. You know, he wasn't going to be a part-time player at the beginning of the season, but the Nets decided, you know, that wasn't the best-case scenario for the team. Um, but obviously, with the COVID outbreak, so many, you know, players going down, they felt it was best that they could bring him back and be a part-time player. 
and he played. I don't think he's playing another game. I think they have a game today, maybe, but you know, playing his first game, I think two days ago, two or three days ago, um, against the Indiana Pacers, um, who almost spoiled their spoiled his return, but you know, Brooklyn just kept fighting back in, you know, that the big three eventually did what they did and, and took the win. But you know, something or nothing, Kyrie being back, um, and being a part-time player, you think is this this is the best possible scenario for the I guess the Brooklyn Nets to you know be in the NBA finals or even win the NBA championship because obviously I don't think I don't think it's gonna be possible for him to come back and be a full time player. Obviously you know New York's not changing yeah. anything for Kyrie to be playing basketball. So um you know it, that would be obviously the, the biggest stint in all of this. But you know something or nothing Kyrie's return and what do you think about him being a part time being a part time player? Do you think it helps their chances of hurt too? I'm gonna go. This is a tough one. I'm gonna go something. You know, it, it's kind of hard when you can only play in away games, and then when the playoffs come, it's a seven game series. Like if you get, I guess, in the for the Nets, it'd be in their best uh, favor for them to, you know, be the away team, be the lower seed, and all their and all their matchups. But it's definitely something. You know, Kyrie's Kyrie. Let's, you know, I question some of his off the field decisions, but on the court, we all know what he can do. He's a he's a really talented dude, and Honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody his size that can finish like like he can. Like in the game versus mm-hmm. the Pacers, I watched a little bit of it. His outside shot wasn't falling, but in the third and fourth quarter, like he just he got in his bag. And Kyrie and uh, I mean KD and Harden just you know let him go to work, and he only had 22, but he had a lot of good moments. And without him, I don't think they win that game. I, I just I think he's gonna be big, but it's just tough only having him for potentially if you, if you're the higher seed, you're only gonna have him for three out of the seven. If you're the you know lower seed you'll have them four out of seven but just how would the chemistry how would they be able to keep it together like you know one game you go out mm-hmm. there with them and then the next game you got to have a whole new lineup and a whole new rotation it's just just messes up the flow of stuff and it's unfortunate but the way their nets players are dropping like flies with COVID, they they had no choice but you know with Kyrie, they'll be dangerous but it would just be it would suck for them to go to the finals and have a game seven at home and Kyrie couldn't play and they lose like it just uh, it's a bad scenario, but Kyrie being back is definitely something. Uh, for the games he plays, the NBA will be on notice because, you know, with those three on the court at one time, it, it can get pretty dangerous. Uh, you know, Harden is cooled off. Like, he doesn't even want to be the man anymore. He's just having fun. He's playing basketball, trying to win games. He's not even trying to, you know, drop 40 every night. So, he, I, he, I think he honestly enjoys this role in a way, but Kyrie being back is big. Uh, he Every time he steps on the court, your, your defense, he applies pressure to your defense. So, uh I think it's definitely something. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like you just said, it's kind of hard, and I, it's something and nothing at the same time. It's something. It's something for NBA. It was something for him. Obviously, I, his dad was in the crowd. I think he gave him his game one jersey after the win. Um, but it's something for him just to be back playing basketball. I, you know, kind of. I don't want to say he acts as if like he doesn't need it or want it, want to play. Like he, like if he has to step away. Like he doesn't care. Like he's more than a basketball player. Like obviously, you know, we've heard that so many times and, and it is a true point in fact but you know basketball players love to do what they do like and I'm sure he lo- loved it and missed you know being away from his team and obviously you could see kind of like that joy um you know when he was playing uh the other night against the Pacers so I think it's something for him and NBA fans that he's just back in general because you know it's a special talent and you know in a way it's kind of like getting robbed of seeing him you know in his prime in a sense and, and you know playing with two other 
two other you know future Hall of Famers in Katie and, and Harden as well, and you know, just a fun team to watch in general. So it's definitely something for him and the NBA just in, in general to see him out there, see him playing, and uh, you know again to see that special talent on display. But it's also nothing for the same reasons you just said. If more than likely they're not going to be a lower seed, they're going to be probably a top three team in the East at worst. Um, and you know, depending on probably Eastern Conference Finals, like if you know they're top seed or not, they're more than likely going to have um, some some series where they are the, the higher seeded team. And like you said, I just don't think it's nothing because I don't think it's possible to one like I said continue to build that chemistry. Continue also like it's, it messes with the lineups a little bit, not as as much, but you know because it's a, you know it's Kyrie and it's like not someone that you have to decide you know who you're taking minutes away from in particular, but. You know, that's hard to kind of like I said, build chemistry over time, like being part-time player. Cause like some sometimes they may have a who knows when they have a six, seven game homestand. Like there's some teams that have that. Like that's gonna be what two, two and a half weeks that he's not playing. Like that's that's difficult to kind of bring him back in. Like obviously he'll stay in shape and everything, but it's kind of difficult to bring him back in and that chemistry still be there with the team. You know, obviously maybe not as hard because you got three like I said, future Hall of Famers on the team, but all in all, like I said, it's nothing because like later on in the season, it's definitely going to get tougher. Like you said, they're going to be a higher seed in most um, in most playoff uh, playoffs uh, matchups. And then obviously, like you said, it, who knows who's coming out the West? Um, you know, a lot of people may feel Golden State, a lot of people may feel Phoenix. Who knows? It could be a dark horse team, and you never know where they where their uh, you know seeding may end up. Like Brooklyn may be the number one overall team in the NBA, and like you said. They only get three games of Kyrie at home, and that's going to suck because, you know, four games on the road without – or my fault, switch it. Um, they'll have four games um, – they'll have four games at home with him or without him and then three games on the road with him. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely nothing for that sense but something at the same time. You know, hopefully it works out in the end for Brooklyn and him, but I just don't see it. It being their best chance of him – of them winning uh NBA championship with him being a part-time player. Really quick before you move on, I'm not gonna say this is happening, gonna happen because you know I don't like the Knicks. Uh, but what if they get a, what if they get a Nets first Knicks playoff series? He can't play at all, right? Yeah, that would exactly right. he probably wouldn't it's be just, able to play at all. Yeah, it's a tough situation. New York and who else is are the places where you have to be vaccinated to play? Is isn't it uh, Golden State? I, I wanted to say Golden State. Yeah, that's all I said. I wanted to say it was California. So man, if they get a New York Knicks versus Nets playoff series, it's gonna be rough. Even though they can beat the the sorry Knicks without them, but it's just like <laughs> it's a tough situation. And yeah, Kobe's not yeah. going anywhere. Kobe's not going anywhere. So yeah, and like you say, even if it's a a goal, say it's Golden State Nets matchup in the finals, you don't get to play at all. <laughs> so that, it's like that very well could, that very well could happen. That's yeah. that's why it's a problem. But yeah, man. Yeah. So. Definitely glad to see him back out there, though. Uh, it's it's glad yeah. to see Kyrie back out there. It's fun watching him play basketball for sure. Exactly, but you know, we'll, we'll definitely see later on in the year how everything pans out. But it's definitely looking, you know, like nothing, you know, in the sense, you know, for a playoff, you know, playoff run and an NBA championship run. So, but we're gonna move on. It's, it's well, week eighteen, last week of the season. Game's about to hop or come on about forty minutes. Of course, we always got to show our guy Jeff. Some love from Japanese sports always does the uh, power rankings for off the ball network. And this week was the last week of them. A um, little bit of changes here and there. A few teams moved a few spots. Um, 
But overall, his top 10, he has Packers, Rams, Chiefs, Bucks, Titans, Bills, Cowboys, Bengals, Cardinals, and the Pats. Um, I think the only changes really from last week um, are the Bengals. It seemed like the Bengals moved back and the Bills moved up. No, the Bengals moved up. Yeah, Bengals moved up one spot. Yeah, my fault. Bengals moved up one spot. Um, The Bills moved up two spots. And the Rams and Chiefs switched spots. So. Um, and the Cowboys took a little bit of a hit because they did lose against Arizona. So they're in the seventh spot. But overall, what do you think about, um, you know, just power rankings and is there any teams that you disagree um, going into the last week uh, that should you know, be higher or lower? I can't complain. Um, nothing I can really complain about. Not too much movement, you know. I'm really good with the Jaguars at 32. That's the biggest thing. We got to be in our rightful spot. But, you know, the Rams moving up one, I agree with. The Cardinals going up because they they, they didn't shock me, but the way they were playing, I expected Dallas at home to, you know, handle them, and they came out and played very, very well. So I I really can't complain. I'm just looking forward to the playoffs and, you know, what, what teams are going to do because it's a lot of new faces in the playoffs this year. So, you know, the Bengals, the Pats, the Rams with Matthew Stafford, uh, Kyler Murray in the playoffs for the first time. Uh, you know, make sure to see what goes on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I agree with the top 10 as well. Um, you know, we're about to talk about some of the playoffs scenarios and predictions that could possibly happen. Uh, and, you know, the Colts being on the outside looking in of that top 10. Um, one interesting team, like you said, they kind of messed themselves up by losing against the Raiders last week. Uh, and kind of have they have to win the game, you know, Albeit against your Jaguars, they have to win today, though, in order to be you know, in the playoffs and you know get some other some help as well. But I think it's like seven teams that are still alive for the last three spots. Um, obviously, in the NFC, I think the only team that's you know still in contention is the Saints, um, and I think that's if they win and the 49ers lose. I think that's the only way they get in. Which could very well happen. They play the Rams. Yeah, they play the Rams, so I think, and they would also have to win, of course, against the Falcons today. But you know, other than that, all the other spots, those last two spots are up for grabs between I think six teams in the AFC, which is like I said, it's going to be a busy, busy day. But um, yeah, I guess let's let's hit on it. Let's talk about it. Um, like I said NFL Week 18, some of the playoff scenarios. The biggest one that I know, or not know, but would be funny to see, and the craziest one is if the Jags beat the Colts. I think the Raiders and Chargers, they come to like a little agreement to t- tie that both of those teams could have the last two spots in the AFC. So that's I, one of the crazy I, ones I've seen and heard. I obviously highly doubt that happens. Like there's probably like a, you know, not even 1% chance that that happens. But um, what are some of the playoff scenarios that you, know, that you think may uh, possibly uh, be the outcome today, Dan? I want to believe in the Jaguars just to play spoiler. You know, Stu reached out to me this week talking about that uh, they hadn't beat the Jaguars in like six years, which is kind of crazy. I'm like, Andrew Luck used to give us the work, so I don't remember us beating them like that. But that scenario happening, I, you know, I'd rather see the Colts win, though, to see that Sunday night game be the deciding factor. Like, that's going to be a good matchup. Uh, that's about it because I don't – I, I want to see the 49ers in the playoffs. I do not want to see the Saints with Taysom Hill. With Jameis, I would, but – the 49ers, I think they'll be a problem. So I'd like to see them get in. There's not really any other scenarios. I think if the Steelers can get in in a crazy way, I think the Colts have to lose and they have to get some help somehow. Uh, I think they mm-hmm. lost to the Raiders and the Chargers. So I don't know how that would work. I think they would have to tie, but 
only scenario I'm looking forward to is the Sunday night game, really. Uh, I want the Jags to win, but we already secured the number one pick, so it doesn't matter what we do. But I, I like to see that Sunday <laughs> exactly. night game uh, be the deciding factor, the final spot for the playoffs, you know, where everybody watching. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, like, with the NFC, I guess a little movement can happen. I didn't even realize um, – because the Cardinals are a little bit on a little bit of a slide, but you know if they win, they can win the NFC West with a win and Rams loss. So that obviously would be huge with uh, you know matchups because um, they, they would be a divisional winner, and I think they would be the third seed. I want to say because um, I think the Bucks and um, Packers would still obviously be ahead of them. But uh, outside of that, like I said, the, the the one with the Colts and the Raiders and Chargers, we already kind of talked about um, the Steelers. Like you said, they would have to win. The Colts would have to lose, and the Chargers and Raiders can't end in a tie. So, you know, that, I guess that's a lot <laughs> that has to happen. But I mean, Chargers and Raiders not ending in a tie would, you know, would make sense. But I think, I think they'll know what they would have to do, you know, after the one o'clock game. Because don't, don't y'all play the Colts at one o'clock? Yeah. yeah Steelers so, and Colts play at the same time, so they're gonna be doing a little bit of scoreboard watching. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I think the Chargers and Raiders play. Um, 425 slot but those are the main you know the main playoff uh i guess scenarios that you know could possibly happen today you know outside of that it would be you know races for different um different divisions with i think the afc i think that one's still on the line bills could clinch with a win or you know with the patriots loss or the patriots can clinch with a win and a bills loss and then also of course you know race for the number one seed as a whole the titans i think still have a hold on that shout out to walker um you know he, we, we gave him hell this year, but, you know, he, they fought through it. You know, even the team, they fought through all the hell that they had to you know, persevere through with, with injuries, um, which they had a ton of. But, you know, they if they win, they're number one seed. Um, and I don't know if many people would have – I mean, I, probably, I definitely would have said they would have won the division or had a good chance of winning the division, but I don't think I would have said they would have number one seed in the AFC. I, especially without Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, especially without Derrick Henry. And then, uh, you know, Chiefs. With a loss, Titans loss, and then number one seed because they took care of business last night um, against the Denver Broncos. But um, who the Titans played? Who did the Titans play? You said the Titans. Yeah, who they play? They play. They have to play the Texans because it's all division matchups. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they play the Texans. So I guess. I mean, I didn't know you were asking about that. I thought you were just talking about the teams that needed to get in for seeding purposes. I mean, uh, I, I don't really know what I'm. I'm kind of looking forward to. I do want the Chiefs to get that by because I forgot who's a seventh seed, but if they have to play like the Chargers in the first round, that's, that's a tough mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah, I love the, I, I need the Cowboys. I need the Cowboys to stay. I don't want them playing the Eagles. I don't. I want them to get the smoke the first round. I want them to have to play the Cardinals or the 49ers, which yeah. I think they'll lose to both. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. looking forward to the Cowboys getting put in the worst possible situation. I'll say that. And the Chiefs, you know, getting that number one seed. Yeah. Yeah. If the Rams win, then the Cardinals will be the fifth seed and it'll be Cardinals at the Cowboys. But, you know, we saw what happened, you know, last week. And, um, yeah, you were right about the Chargers and Titans win as well. If, uh, if the Titans lose, then, well, if the Titans lose, they'll be number two seed and they'll play the Chargers. But, Obviously, we're expecting the Titans to win, so the Chiefs will probably have to play the Chargers the first round. And we say that's a divisional matchup. Chargers already got the best of them in one game this year, so it's, it's definitely going to be a tough matchup for them. Um, but you know, never know. I think uh, I think this year, like you said, it's a lot of 
first first team or like teams that we probably didn't expect, like the Eagles making it. Um, you know, at times this year we didn't know the 49ers would make it. Obviously, everybody mostly everybody thought the NFC West was the best division in um, you know, football or one of the best divisions in football. But you know, at times this year it didn't seem like they were going to you know be in. And obviously, you know, the Pats kind of up and down with them as well. But looks like they'll be in or they are in. And um, you know, the Bengals. That's I think number one surprise for pretty much a lot of people. You know. Everybody, a lot of people say either Sewell or Chase should have been the pick. You know, Chase has shown he definitely has a bright future in in, in the NFL, and obviously the connection with him and Joe Burrow uh, is still continued on from LSU. But you know, that's definitely will be an interesting you know team to kind of watch throughout the playoffs to see you know where their ceiling is and who they can go. Like right now, I think they're slotted. You know, if the Colts beat your Jags, I think the Colts would have to play the Bengals and, and travel to Cincinnati. So it'll be a pretty tough matchup. Yeah, so that's a touch, tough first round matchup when you're you know, first time back in the playoffs in some years. But you know, all in all, I think it's going to be a great playoffs. And um, you know, I know we'll get into you know more predictions and, and games when we know everything that's everything's set and final after today or after tonight. So, but we do have to hit on our last pickings of the year. This is what it's looking like. We both went twelve and four last week. You know, you win some games I picked wrong on, and I'm me winning some games that you picked wrong on. But overall. Only up by three, so it is a very possibility that you know I could have led the whole year and Thad just sweeps sweeps in and, and takes the lead after this week. So you know a lot of the games obviously are divisional games, so they should be straightforward. I'm not gonna be one of those guys that like all right I got the lead, so I'm just gonna pick the same teams as Thad picks. But we're gonna we said we're gonna hop into the pickums right now. Like I said I'm leading right now 154 wins, 88 losses to Thad's 151 wins and 91. Uh, losses, um, but let's head into the game. Our last list, well, one of our last things of the day, week 18 pickums. Um, and so we already, I think we both of us already picked obviously the games last night. We picked Kansas City, I picked Philly, he picked Dallas, so I'm already down a game. So that is already up a game on me this week. But, um, Cincinnati, Cleveland, um, we got that. Both starting quarterbacks not playing, but Case Keenum is a quality backup, and the Browns are playing most of their starters. Uh, the Bengals aren't without all their starters, but I know Burrow and Joe Mixon aren't playing, so I'm going to go Cleveland at all. That roster is talented. Uh, and I know that they said they're going to bring back Baker Mayfield, but, you know, the, the people that overreact, Case Keenum plays well today, they'll be like, Baker has to go, so I'm going <laughs> to take Browns. Browns in a close one. Yeah. Just for that reason, I mean, like, since, since he's good, but I don't think they're, you know, without you know, most of their starters good. I think they're good only because of their starters. Um, so, you know, backups, I'm taking Cleveland backups over since he's backups, you know, probably at least five, six times, six days out of the week. So I'm going to go with Cleveland as well in this one, and they're at home. Um, I mean, they don't have too much to, you know, to play for, but you know, maybe their pride of the year and maybe for Baker innocent or not Baker, you know, maybe to play for Baker to get him out of there. But, you know, that's the only reason I can see them, you know, pulling out this win. So I'm going to go Cleveland as well. Green Bay, Detroit, who you got? It doesn't even matter if Jordan Love plays. I know they look out the number one seed locked up. I, I, I'm I, interested to see. I, I remember seeing something about Rodgers saying he, he wanted to play. But mm -hmm. I think – I don't think they have a chemistry problem. Like him and Devontae Adams are like this. And then the other guys, Scantling, Lazard um, – St. Brown, all those other guys, I think they're they're locked in. He's been playing with those guys for a while, so I, I'm gonna go Green Bay no matter what. 
Yeah, I want to say Detroit just so they have a feel good. You know, not crazy. You're not crazy. Yeah, but you know who knows. I mean, if yeah, I'm gonna go Detroit just to be different. I feel like they can end off the year with a win. Like you know, they've had a few games this year where they should have won. So who's to say they won't? You know, end off the year with a win. Hopefully they do. So I'm not wrong and mess myself up even more. But Chicago, Minnesota, who you got? Andy Dalton's playing Kirk Cousins' final game of the season. Mike Zimmer is out of there, it looks like. So I think they're going to play inspired for their coach because I'm pretty sure most of the players like him. Uh, I'm going to go Minnesota by a couple. Mm, yeah, same here. I mean, Chicago had a nice little win last week, but it was against the Giants. Um, you know, Minnesota's a little bit more talented, obviously, than Chicago. I think they're a little bit better of a spot. Like you said, they'll probably be fighting for the, the, the private coach as well. I don't think he's on the hot seat, but, you know, they haven't had a lot of years that have, have been just like this year. So, and obviously it's one that they're missing the playoffs. But they're at home. I think they won enough to end the win as well. So I'm going to go uh, Minnesota. So next we got Washington, Giants, two NFC uh, least teams. Who you got winning this one? I'm going with the football team. Any game that Danny Jones doesn't start for the Giants is an automatic loss. Like, I know he turns over the ball, but he's not hes not a scrub. He's better than Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon. I watched him play. So that Washington front, you know, will have not have a field day, but they'll pressure him into making a lot of bad decisions. So I'm going to go Washington. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not going to do it for all of them. But yeah, I got to go Washington, too, just because, like what you just said, like the Giants are – they're really just a shit show, honestly. <laughs> like they, they just—they've had probably one of the more disappointing seasons I've expected. Because I thought that defense was gonna—I thought the defense would kind of anchor them, carry them. They, you know, seemed a lot more solid than in past years. But like you said, without Danny Dimes and you know, and even their wide receiver core, we thought that was gonna be a top wide receiver core too. Like they had some talent over there, but yeah, they just had a horrible season. And Danny Dimes isn't playing, like you said. So Washington should pull out this win. Um, and you know, just kind of cycle or save their season a little bit as well. Um, I think next year Ron Rivera will probably be on the hot seat. If he's not already, he'll be on the hot seat going into next year, um, based off the year that they had this year. So they got to get a win. Next, we got Indianapolis versus Jacksonville. Indy, we can move on. I mean, I, you know, we beat them <laughs> yeah, a couple of years, but we're just we're just not playing well, and they're they're playing for a playoff spot, so we're gonna get their best effort. So Indy. Yeah, same here. Yeah, it's like. They, Definitely win or go home for them, so they, they got to take this one. Um, so I'm going to go India as well. Pittsburgh and Baltimore, who you got? Big Ben, you my guy, bro. Um, I really <laughs> you know, I, I really did kind of look up to him as a quarterback, you know, growing up and stuff. The way he played, I like the way he played, but he's just not the same. That game was kind of sad watching him play on Monday. I know they got the dub, but he just – you can just tell he's pretty, much, he's pretty much done. And Tyler Huntley's a capable backup, so, you know, Baltimore, they're upset about not making the playoffs, so they're going to – they're gonna go all out in week 18. So I got Baltimore by a few. Yeah. I wanna say Pittsburgh just because they're the only they're the team in this that has a chance to possibly win <laughs> or possibly get into the playoffs, albeit it's a very, very, very slim chance. But it's like they have a little bit more to fight for. Um, but like you said, it's also a divisional game, so it's like they, they got a little bit on the line. But I'm gonna go Pittsburgh just because they have something a little bit more to play with, play for. Um, and hopefully that helps edge them out against a, you know, pretty decent Baltimore team. Like you said, um, Huntley's a, a pretty good quarterback as well, you know, um, has helped them win, win some games and come close to win games. So hopefully Pittsburgh wins though. Tennessee, Houston, who you got? It's a tough one for me. You know, 
Tennessee's playing for that number one seed, but Houston has hasn't been an easy out. You know, they played a, a solid game last week versus San Francisco and they pulled away towards the, you know, mid, midway through the second half. But I'm gonna go Tennessee, you know. Uh I think Julio's back off the COVID list. Uh AJ Brown's back, of course, and you know, they got something to play for. But my boy Davis Mills has shown some promise to where they they will not, in my I will go out and say this, they're not gonna draft a quarterback this year unless one falls to them that they really love. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I have to go Tennessee in this one. I'm going to go Tennessee as well. Like I said, I mean, they want to lock up the number one seed too, because if they lose, they're, they're playing next week versus sitting at home. So I'm going to say Tennessee uh, as well. Atlanta, New Orleans, who you got? I really want to pick the Falcons, but for the sake of the show, I, I'm not a hater, but I, I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't give the Falcons too much love on this show. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I can really see them winning this, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go New Orleans. Uh, they have something to play for, you know. The Falcons would love to play spoiler though for the Saints out of any of the teams in their division. Like you know how y'all can't stand each other, but I'm gonna go mm-hmm. Saints. Uh, AK has a big day back at the crib. It seems like he hasn't played back in Atlanta in a while, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the the Saints, even though they're not gonna get in. A, I don't know they could, but yeah, yeah I'm gonna take the Saints by five, five four. Yeah, I'm gonna go Atlanta. Like I said, I, I mean, we had a, we had a as good of a year as you can possibly hope for in the first year without you know a number one receiver, without any talent really on the defensive end. Um, besides AJ Terrell, he, he definitely showed you know his work. But you know, outside of that, I think I, I mean, in eight and nine year, I'd be super ex- excited or super ecstatic about. So I think we'll get the win against the Saints. We already got one. Like, if, if we sweep them this year. I mean, that's honestly like our Super Bowl, so I want to go to Atlanta. Uh, really quick, bro, before you move on, I will say that. Uh, that's the only credit I'll give the Falcons on this show. You know, I say they were one of the worst, like, teams in playoff contention, but their roster compared to the other teams is just not – kudos to Arthur Smith for getting the most out of that <laughs> roster because what you guys have on offense and defense, offense and defense, which y'all did, to just be in the – being a playoff picture, like Matt Ryan said, be playing meaningful football games in November, and December. Uh, it's kudos to the coaching staff and the players for playing hard. But that's all. That's all the support I can give them. <laughs> well, we appreciate that over here. So, you did say you said Cleveland. You thought Cleveland would win, right? Or did you say Cincinnati? I said Cleveland. Okay. All right. Bet, bet. I was making sure because I'm like I'm over here writing it down. You know, sometimes I be forgetting. But Jets yeah. to Buffalo. Who you got in that one? Uh, I'm gonna keep this quick. Buffalo Jets have looked better though. Zach Wilson's played a little better, you know, down the stretch. That's what you look for in rookie quarterbacks. But Buffalo is Buffalo. <laughs> they're they're a scary team when they're clicking. I will say that. Like I could, yeah. they could be a Super Bowl team if they're clicking. Yeah, and they run the ball. If they decide to run the ball, not with Josh Allen, with using their running backs and have a yeah, then you have to be balanced. It could be 60-40 pass run, but. Just handle, keep the defense honest. Like, don't have yeah. let allow them to have five or six in the box, and you still drop them back to pass. But yeah, Buffalo by exactly. ten. Yeah, I'm gonna go with them as well because they win, they lock up the AFC East. And like you said, that's a good point. I mean, it, they did run all over us, and it's us. But I mean, they have to have that in order to be a successful playoff team. Like I've been preaching that for the past like year or two. I'm like y'all have to run the ball at some point. You can't just depend on Josh Allen with his legs and arms the entire you know playoff run. I mean, they did get to it though. Or AFC championship last year with that, but I already knew like that was the end of the line for them. Like they weren't gonna get no further not being able to, to run the ball. But yeah, they gotta win today in order to get the AFC East. So I'm gonna pick them as well. San Fran and LA. 
I think this is the toughest game of the day besides the last game. Oh, man. Both teams, like, you don't want any divisional opponents getting in the playoffs. If you can keep them out of the playoffs, do that. The Rams are playing not really for seeding, but they are at the same time. And Jimmy G looks like he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go San Fran because they've been – they're one of my dark horse NFC teams. I'm not saying they're going to make the Super Bowl, but they could – they'll definitely – I don't think they'll go one and done if they make it in the tournament. In the style of football mm-hmm. they play, you know, smash mouth. Uh, they they can throw the ball a little bit, but they're a physical team with a, a nice zone run scheme. I'm gonna go San Fran. They they need this game. You know, I don't. I, it's tough. Sean McVay's got mm-hmm. dominated by uh, San Fran in his career, but they're at home. They'd love to keep him out the playoffs. But I, something in my gut tells me to go San Fran. Man. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna take the 49ers. Yeah. I like what you said, like, if you can keep a divisional opponent out, like, you do that, and they're at home. So, I think I'm going to go with the Rams. Like I said, this is a tough, tough game, though, but I think I'm going to go with the Rams. I don't think there's any scenario to where they'll play each other in the first round. I don't think. Um, if that was the case, I, I definitely would go with the Rams. Yeah, but I'm going to go with the Rams just because of that one point, and they're at home, and I feel like they need this, like, you know, to kind of make sure they go into the playoff with some type of, uh, you know, some type of momentum. Because they, they've been kind of up and down to you know, that, that mid part of the season, even, you know, but they finished out pretty strong. But I think they, they kind of need this for, you know, just that mentality going into the playoffs, you know, to, to go in, you know, having beat, you know, a division rival and, you know, one of the hotter teams in the, in the league. So I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. New England, Miami, who you got? Miami got eliminated, correct? Yeah, they got eliminated last week. I believe they lost last week, so they got it, yeah. You know, the, last week was their prove it game. Uh, they had their real first test. Uh, and Tua didn't look that well. I know it's bad conditions, but you got to be able to overcome those in the NFL. Uh, him having a weaker arm and, I guess, smaller hands didn't really help him out in the cold and uh, rainy weather. So that kind of scares me. I know they're in Miami, but um, nah. Yeah, I'm going New England. I don't see Miami sweeping New England. I don't think Bill Belichick has got swept by a divisional opponent ever in the, since he's been in the AFC East. I might be wrong, but I don't think he has, and I don't think it starts this year. So I'm going to go New England by six. Yeah. I'm going to New England, too, just because I, I'm going. I'm really going with all teams that have something to kind of play for. Like, if somehow yeah. the Jets were able to beat the Bills, then, you know, they'll lock up the AFC East, and, you know, they'll be higher, higher seed and get a home game. But you know, other than that, you know, they should just be winning for that reason as well. Like, you know, Bill Belichick just doesn't get swept. So I'm going to England. Seattle, Arizona, who you got? Potentially the last game of the, you know, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era. They've had a rough season, very rough season. It could have gone better if Russ didn't get hurt. We all know that. But just overall, they haven't been to Seattle we've seen in previous years. But – I want to pick them. I, I'm going to stick with Arizona. I think they're going to build off the momentum of their game last week uh, going into the playoffs. So I'm going to take Arizona. Yeah, same here. I think they need it as well just because you said it last week on the show. Like, they last few years, they sputter at the end of the season. Like, last year, they were supposed to win the playoffs, didn't make it. This year, you know, the Cowboys win was definitely a, a pick-me-up. Um, so I think they need another week of that in order to you know, go into the playoffs to kind of feel good about themselves. Um, Especially, you know, 
possibly, maybe, maybe not getting D-Hop back for that first game or whatever. So, you know, they, they definitely need this um, need this win going into the playoffs. But, you know, Seattle, I guess it would be a nice little feeling. So, cause, yeah, I think both both of them are probably going to be out of there. There's, there's, there's little chance that both Pete and Russell will stay. So, I'm going to Arizona. Carolina, Tampa, who you got? Easy. Uh, Tampa. Carolina, they're just all over the place. They got a lot of talent, but can't put it together. I'm going to go Tampa. Yeah, same here. Yeah, <laughs> same here. I don't know if Tampa – I think they're locked in their 3C. I don't think – I just know they're locked in playoffs for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go with them regardless. Um, and last, of course, Chargers, Vegas. Um, they both have a lot on the line. Both teams could possibly make the playoffs or one team. More than likely, it's probably just going to make the playoffs. So, which one you got? I'm going. Um, I'm going. My guy Herbert, man. This, if I'm, a, I can't remember their last matchup. I should have looked at it before. I remember. I think I'm pretty sure it was a really good game, though. Uh, in California, I, I'm going. I'm going with the Chargers, man. I think Herbert. You know, Brandon Staley. Um, they they're a good little duo. Uh, even though he's a defensive minded coach, he believes in his quarterback which has been shown, you know, by the amount of times they go for it on fourth down. I think he just believes in them overall. And they, they have the just talent to get it done. I know they COVID hit them pretty hard throughout the season, losing Mike Williams and other players. But um, I'm going to go Chargers. You know, everything's on the line. Big players going to make big plays. Bosa, Derwin James going to make some plays. Asante Samuel Jr., you know, Kenneth Murray. They're all going to make plays in the offense. We don't need to talk about their offense. I know they're going to show up. It's just up to the defense. Uh Shout out to the Raiders, though. You know, they've gone through a lot this season, losing their coach, mm-hmm. losing their number one receiver. And in the years past, after Thanksgiving, you know, John Gruden teams usually fall off. Yeah. And this year was the complete opposite. You know, they kept fighting, played meaningful. When everybody counted them out, because I know I did, especially after the Rugs thing. Like, going into Thanksgiving, when they beat the Cowboys before that, everybody's like, you know, the Raiders are done. But their cars willed the team together, put off some great wins. Not a shocker, but they beat Indy, a hot Indy team, last week on the road to keep their playoff hopes alive. So I want to give a shout-out to him as well. And I forgot the interim coach's name. I couldn't think of it at the moment. But he should get at least an interview, you know, for the head coaching job. I'm not saying he deserves it, but to keep that team together, keep the roster going and uh, playing hard, uh, kudos Mm -hmm. to them for that. But I have to take the Chargers by three. I know it's in Las Vegas, but the Raiders – they have good fan support. The Chargers don't have the best fan support either, but I, I think the Chargers fans are going to come out, you know, show up. And they're going to get the job done. I hope it's a thriller, though. You know, solo stage, Sunday night football, literally everybody's watching you to decide, you know, who goes to the playoffs. So this yeah. is when the big-time players show up, and I think Herbert will have a day. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, I'm just more supportive, like more of a believer in the Chargers than the Raiders. But like you said, definitely got to give a shout-out, um, you know, to the interim head coach and that front office because they dealt with a lot this year. <laughs> Thinking about it, like they dealt with a lot. Um, obviously, with the Henry Rugg situation and losing John Gruden um, and all that news, like they were in they were in the news for a good month, like news cycle for a good month. So, like you said, to have kept it all together, not sputter at the end of the year, like you know they typically do after week eight, and you know be playing the last game of the year and possibly being able to go to the playoffs. You know that does say a lot about you know the interim, that team, their heart, and everything. Um, else, but I do think the Chargers, I just believe they have more talent. I think they have, you know, more chemistry and just more, like I said, more key players um, that are going to make key and big time plays to pull out a win like this. So I think they, I think they'll 
take the take the game. Like you said, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. It's gonna be a, a real, you know, shootout for sure. And like you said Sunday night football. And pretty much like if we're expecting expect if we're expecting what happened to happen, which is you know Indy, you know, taking care of business, it's whoever wins this one is in the playoffs. And you know that that's definitely big for a Sunday night game. So um, I'm gonna go with the Chargers as well. And with our pickums, we only have we have four differences. San Fran game. I will say this really quick before you finish with that. We could, if you want, I know this is probably loser talk for me, but we could extend it to the playoffs. You know, we could do, we could do, in, include the playoffs, I mean, in the pick but it's all up to you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. It's, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it. You've been winning the whole season, so I'll let you have the call for that. But us being, yeah, no, I wouldn't games, be opposed to it. Us uh, both being 60 games over 500 is straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say that's that's definitely something to pat our backs about. But I, 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 I'm I'm game for that. I think we have to. It has to be um probably different type of rules or circumstances, just because like you know I feel like it's it it's more like it's just more at stake if like one of us picks a losing team that's gonna get kicked out of the playoffs. So we're gonna make it work. We're gonna make it happen. But I'm 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 game for that. You know, to continue my dominance to see if I can you know pull it out into the into the. Know, Super Bowl in the rest of the year, but yeah, I'll go for that. But this one we got four differences, I believe. Of course, uh, San Fran Rams game, Saints Atlanta game, Baltimore Pittsburgh game, and Green Bay Detroit game. I don't know what I'm doing with that Detroit pick, but I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm let's just seems like I'm trying to lose, honestly. No, let's just, but, yeah, I, I mean, for you, if you know, if they pull Aaron Rodgers after like the first, second quarter, let him just get a couple drives. That's your best bet. But golf's coming back this week, so you know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully they able to do something. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. Um, but, but yeah, that's our differences for the week, and that you know is our show for the week. Well, actually, we're gonna do one last thing. Um, probably gonna start introducing. Uh, of course, if you watch him, guy, you, you, you've seen this episode before, but you know. Just end off the show this uh, week, you know, one of our newer segments, you know, what really grinds my gears. So really, we just going, you know, it's a it's a debriefing session, debriefing segment. You know, anything that's happened during the week that's kind of made us upset, kind of made us mad, kind of got us, you know, thinking a little bit. We're going to hit on and talk about. Um, so I'll let you, Dad, go first. What really grinds your gears this week? It's nothing too crazy, but just, you know, people complaining about uh, kids getting NIL deals and uh, getting paid, college athletes. Uh, you know, you know this as well. You have you have some friends that came, you know, you play with at Stevenson that played in college mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm not saying they're poor, but like some most of your four star or five star guys, uh, not most of them, some of them, you know, come from rough, you know, at home circumstances and stuff like that they don't have the most money coming to school like the only way they can go to college is because of the athletic scholarship and some of these guys are your best players so you know they don't they don't have much already going into it and then the the stipends they get is not enough so Mm -hmm. i think as much as they do for the school the amount of money they bring into the school especially like schools like bama i know you have your boosters but at bama all those championships you you get money for that the school gets money for winning championships that's how you're able to build indoor facilities have the best uh nutrition places, stuff like that, all that. So for people to complain about the kids to get paid, like I, I don't understand why people have a problem with that. You know, they're producing for your school. You just want them to to show up for your school and that's it. I think they should be benefited in some type of way. And these coaches get paid millions of dollars. Why, why 
the guys that are actually going out, I know coaches are a big part, but the guys that are actually going out there and performing, why shouldn't they get benefited as well? Especially the big time yeah. dudes. And from experience, like I never said I was broke in college. I went to uh, being here at Charleston Southern. Uh, there were some times where you know, people I, I saw teammates that you know didn't have a lot of money, and then that one stipend you get of like twelve hundred dollars that that's not enough to last you for four months. So I just feel like players should get rewarded, and I I don't just the people that are complaining about kids getting paid. Like you don't know what they're going through, what struggles they mm -hmm. have back at home, what they're dealing with financially. So just for people to complain about that and just want them to show up and play on Saturday, I, I just don't really agree with that. Yeah. I think it's mostly like the same kind of crowd complaining about that, but we just, you know, we don't leave it that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we won't get too deep and never a thousand percent agree with you on that one. Um, say it, it's sad to kind of see, like I said, it's always the, you know, again, a free ride, getting a free scholarship, you know, you're going to school for free, you get free education, you know, you get free food, get stuff like, like that taken care of. But, you know, that's almost like, it sounds almost like prison. Like, yeah, like that's honestly the same thing. Like you, you got your housing taken care of, you got your food taken care of. Like you're in, in a spot where you, you know, um, you know, you're going to be, well, not safe, technically, obviously it's a prison, but you, you're in a spot, you know, you have a, a rich roof over Anderson. So it's like, it really sounds like prison. Cause like you said, it's, you know, obviously as humans, we, we need more than, you know, obviously $1,200 over a four month span, but just a lot more than just like the certain things that these athletes do get. And, you know, obviously the world's changing. Like what is the, what is the uproar about people earning money? Like people earn money in so many different ways, whether you're in sports or not, it's like, why not allow them to use, you know, all the hard work and everything that they put into, Know, being the person that they are and getting to where they are, you know, as leverage to you know gain more money and gain more you know status or you know just help them and their situation as a whole. So yeah, I, I don't understand that either. Why people are so down on that? And it's not even their money. It's not even like anything that really has concerning of them. Like you know, it's none none of your concern. Honestly, it's not like you're paying them out of your pocket. So you know, it's it's really stupid. But you know, it's always going to be that crowd that that think that uh you know has those thoughts and you know thinks that way. But this week what really grinded my gears was NBA All-Star voting. I know it's really not going to change. Obviously they have to get the fans involved. But you know, when you start to look at some of the the, the players that, that you know have a certain amount of votes. I mean, I know it's 50% um, you know, fans and 50% uh, you know, media uh, coaches and players and stuff like that, but they need to start taking some of the the fans percentage down a little bit because you, you start to look and see who's where, how many votes certain, you know, players got. And obviously it's a popularity contest. Like, you know, I think, I think Clay Thompson on here, he got the fourth most votes in, um, in the West. And obviously he ain't stepped on the court yet. I mean, I like Clay Thompson just as much as the next person, but he shouldn't be fourth in guard in, in voting in the West. Like that's, that's just not, that's is he, is he above somebody? Like, is he above somebody like John Morant or something like some crazy? John Morant like is literally third, <laughs> like third okay. and, Clay Thompson's right behind. I mean, it is a significant amount of vote difference, but I mean, regardless, he's still behind him. Like Chris yeah. Paul is six. <laughs> like that that should tell you Chris Paul is six in voting. Like, and Devin Booker is five. Um, they gotta they gotta stop this blasphemy, especially uh yeah. Kyrie yeah. too. You can finish on, but Kyrie too. I know you're probably gonna speak on Yeah, that. I'm trying to see where he is. Kyrie's actually no, that Kyrie actually don't got no votes on here. Oh no, yeah, he's six, he's six. Yeah, his vote. Come on, bro, he has to play one game. Like, what are we doing? One game. Let's reward exactly. the people that have put in the work. Yep, yep, exactly. And it's like, it's like we know it's a popularity contest. Certain people, you know, just either watch their player or watch their team 
or just know the big names and just voting just to be voting. But that this is just something that got to stop. Either fan percentage got to come down or you got to not allow or not count like certain players that are getting votes like Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, like those two shouldn't be able to even receive any votes. Like you have to have some type of outline, like, all right, what, how many games is it before, you know, all-star break? I think it's like somewhere around like 50. Like if they ain't played at least 15 to 20 games, you can't, like they can't be included in the all-star voting. Um, But yeah, I mean, other than that, I think, Everyone else on this list, I can kind of see or at least have an argument for. There are certain ones that shouldn't, I feel like, shouldn't be above others. Um, but I mean, it's just nitpicking like a few spots here and there. But yeah, that's what's grinding my gears this week. NBA All Star voters, you know, fan voters, y'all gotta do a better job. Like, you know, you can't be putting guys that have not stepped on the court this year <laughs> to be, you know, in the All Star game because you know that's obviously taken away from other guys that have, you know, put in the work. Um, actually showed improvement, been playing the games, and it's kind of just like feels like all for nothing because these guys get you know extra money, extra bonuses, and obviously um, you know, just recognition when they do make all star teams and all star games. So you know, you're just taking away from other guys just because you know you want to vote in you know somebody that you like in some popularity contest, and it shouldn't be like that. So NBA and NBA fans gotta get better at that and uh, you know, just fix this blasphemy, like we said. Um, but that does it for the show this week um i don't think there's anything i missed besides hitting on um making sure to go and sponsor or help us with our sponsors or you know help yourself as well but bet us um betus.com is um, one of the official sponsors of off the ball network if you go to their site use off the ball um in all caps off the ball um they'll match up to i think 125 percent of your first deposit um, so definitely go over there, support them. You, like I said, use uh, all caps off the ball, and also go to uh, off the ball network uh, or off the ball .substack and read um, some of our uh, betting threads. Kenneth does a great job with that. I know Mo and um, Walker also throw in their best as well. I know Thad you know, does some betting as well. He's throwing his his picks in there too. Um, also, uh, a, a few other guys on the network have been pretty active in there, and they've come out. A lot of a lot of days on the plus side, um, and some days even uh, with sweeps. Uh, I think one day this week they had a three, a three zero day, um, you know, to make you some money. So definitely check out uh, that on the Substack, um, off the ball .substack, and you can also you know go to Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook too. Search off the ball network, and I'm sure you'll find it there as well. As for us, you know where to find us at Twitter, um, WTGMTM podcast, and uh, Instagram, Facebook, at what the game means to me as well. Um, but anything else that we should hit on or say before we uh, get out of here today, Dad? Uh, no, nah, not really. You know, first episode of the new year. Uh, going to be coming to you guys all year. First of, first of many, you know, we're going to have some guests on here. And uh, just look forward to doing a lot of more uh, football content this year. Last year, I kind of joined in the network around towards the end, to like where, when the draft was about to start, like weeks before mm-hmm. the draft. So, just looking forward to do doing more draft content. I'm going to come out with some rankings when I start watching some more film of the college prospects. And that's about it, man. You know, shout out to Off the Ball Network and shout out to the new show, uh, Draft Capital. I, I look mm-hmm. forward to making a couple of appearances on there and doing some of our own stuff on here, too. So, you know, mm-hmm. just a big year uh, for the network and um, us as a whole, you know, podcasting yeah. and stuff. Oh, so, yeah. Just looking forward to what, what's coming. For sure. Like you said, I'm definitely looking forward to it as well. Appreciate you as always for joining me um, and doing these shows. But 
Uh, shout out to Stu and Mo. I think both of us would be on um, draft capital as well. I, I like to, of course, focus on, on corners and wide receivers because those are positions I've played before. Yeah. Um, but we'll definitely um, be shouting them out, probably have them on and be on their show as well, um, NFL draft capital. Um, but other than that, like I said, shout out to the Ball Network for giving us a platform to speak. Shout out to everybody on the network. Um, shout out for everybody that tuned in today. And, um, you know, good luck to these teams. Hopefully these predictions come in right. And uh, we'll see you guys next time to, uh, you know, to recap on everything. Y'all have a good one.